the Yeezy campaign from start to finish was three months of my life in and out of like meetings and redesigning things and finding inspiration. It was very artistic exploring just like all these different avenues but yeah taking over pretty much every major newspapers front page in the u.s with your advertisement on it you know the one that you worked on the one that you ideated and, and helped create was was really special from cheese the house this is creative first the show about the spark of creative leaders and how they discovered their passions what inspires their work ethic and the journey of getting paid to do what they love the most I'm your host, Kelsey Cochran, and this week our guest is Liam Trumbull. I'm so pumped to share a conversation with you all because Liam is actually a dear friend of mine from high school, and over time has even helped me find my own creative passions as we grew up. Liam is now a filmmaker and creative director based out of Chicago and has done work for some of the most well-known individuals and companies in mainstream media today. Some of his clients include Airbnb, Hulu, Kanye West, Adidas, White Claw, Louis Vuitton, and so many more. Uh, Liam's journey really hits close to home for me and it's been so fun watching him grow into his career and I can't wait to share it with you all. So let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to Creative First. I am pumped for this week's guest because he's actually a friend of mine from way back from, I don't even know when it was that we met. His name's Liam Trumbull. He is a producer, creator, videographer. I mean, he could really fit under so many different titles. Um, He's based in Chicago and yeah, what's up? I'm pumped that you're here. That's good. We we met in high school. Yeah, we met in high school. I kind of thought that it was like middle school, but then we actually became like friends in high school. Yeah, we we probably met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, Liam and I, well, mainly Liam, I would just contribute my ideas. We would burn these like CDs every month for one year in high school. And it would just be like all of our favorite songs from like that month. And that's what I would play in my car because before I had an aux cord, (laughs) I can't even imagine not having an aux cord now or like Bluetooth actually at this point. But anyways, there's so much that you and I could talk about, but I actually did put a list together because I knew that we could just go off in multiple tangents. I'm going to start with just your background because your upbringing is a little bit different than like the typical Midwestern kid in the U.S. Like you've spent a majority of kind of your childhood jumping around the globe, living with your family in different countries. Like I know that you, like weeks after you were born, when you were just like a toddler or baby, you went to Australia and then you started school in Germany when you were probably around like what we would call primary school or what they would call primary school, came back to the U.S. You went back to Australia when we were in high school you came back to the U.S. again. You're currently in the U.S. So how has that shaped your cultural awareness and how has your lifestyle in all these different countries kind of helped shape your creative style? I'm just jet lagged all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just tired. You're just like sleepily filming always. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key right there. No. <laughs> yeah. That's a great question. I mean, like you said, like I grew up traveling a bunch, so I was able to see like all these different people doing things differently and and you know they had different ways of going about life like both living and working and and playing and all that sort of stuff right and then you know coming out of that whole experience of my childhood I moved to a big city so I knew I needed to like get out I knew I needed to 
go to a big place, you know, do bigger things. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it affected me in a lot of ways, but I would say like, most importantly was just seeing everybody's perspective and then realizing like, wow, I don't know how to, like, there's not one way to do everything, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways you can attack a problem. And then I applied that to my creativity a lot of times where, you know, I'm very diverse in a lot of the stuff that I go after. Um, and so that was sort of like a big lesson I think I learned as a kid was like, you can do things and live life in so many different ways. Um, and there's not one way that you have to do it. Do you think that you would feel comfortable like pitching an entire campaign to an international client based on your cultural awareness? I mean, I've, I've done that. <laughs> that <laughs> so, <exact yes. laughs> the situation you set up. Yeah, I've, I've pitched, you know, international clients, uh, smaller like social shoots, that sort of stuff. So yeah, I would definitely, definitely yeah. <laughs> be confident. But I don't, you know, I don't think I wouldn't say like, I'm necessarily somebody who explored every avenue, right? There's still so many like, places I haven't been to, people I haven't met, like experiences I haven't done. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say uh, my, my life is over yet in terms of... <laughs> of that element of things but yeah maybe not them. like to the extent of pitching it to them in their native language yeah, <laughs> like, nowhere, near. nowhere near i got like a d in spanish so you know <laughs> that's funny i actually didn't we have a spanish class together no i i think literally the class we were in together was the one that i got a d in <laughs> <laughs> that was not yeah. my fault i have nothing to do with that yeah right uh, so okay also in high school you did a ton of video work. I know, for instance, the class that was technically like the broadcasting class, which broadcasted the news, you had a lot of creative freedom in that course. I think the teacher whose name is drawing a blank in my mind, he kind of let you run with whatever ideas you had. I mean, there were some structure, but for the most part, I feel like he let you kind of run with these video ideas. And if, as long as you were being creative, like you were good in his book. But did your passion for video or for film start in high school or did it start sometime before that no way earlier than that so you know recently revamped my website and my portfolio and all those sort of things i took a step back and i was like okay how did all this like happen how did i get to where i am right now and so one of the things i discovered was back when i way 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 back when i was a magician when i was like <laughs> nine years old i was doing magic tricks and i was like performing at like fundraisers and shows really weird and like a random hobby to have but that's like what I did and that's what I was so I was doing that for a while I had like a, a website and was making like hundreds of dollars every weekend it was like kind of stupid and then I transitioned from doing that into doing movie magic so when I was like around like 12 13 I started um, working on After Effects, like doing cloning and uh, you know gun muzzle effects and like all the little things um, like if you look on YouTube, like Freddie W or Quarter Digital are really good examples mm -hmm. of like these VFX artists that just had fun with it. And they just went and made like videos with their friends, basically just like messing around. So I kind of transitioned into that. And then from there, yeah, I got, I just realized like, okay, what kind of stories can I tell from this? Right. Cause I realized like when I was doing magic, I was telling a story, I was captivating somebody's attention. Right. And all that sort of plays into the whole, you know, thing of me now working in marketing and advertising, especially I do mainly commercial work nowadays. Yeah. My whole life has been about garnering people's attention, figuring out what makes them go, oh shit, you know, and their eyes widen and they look at it. And I want my videos to sort of, you know, have that reaction as well. So yeah, I would say like it started way, way back when I was like nine or 10 and doing yeah. that. When did you realize though that commercial work was kind of your calling? Because I know that when people are getting into video or just 
into really camera work, they think they want to be like the next big director or producer or filmmaker yeah. out in Hollywood. But I kind of feel like you never necessarily had that, like I'm moving to LA because I want to make movies. Like you kind of knew, I want to tell short stories. I want to be in a like a really busy, upbeat environment where I'm, yeah, working with huge clients and telling their brand story. So when did you realize that? Sure. And, you know, I will say like as a caveat, like, you know, my creative journey is sort of evolving still. And so, you know, down the road, you know, it's been crossing my mind more and more lately of how can I tell bigger, longer stories that are more impactful. Um, but sure, my, my sort of journey to, you know, finding like commercial work basically started when I moved to Chicago, I went to film school and I, I sort of was like, okay, you know, I, I've been doing some like small commercial things and videos for, you know, little businesses in West Lafayette, Indiana, here and there. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna start exploring filmmaking. And so I did a year of filmmaking. I saw the senior projects. I actually got a really special opportunity to be a set photographer um, on a senior project, which was where the school funds a short film. So a mm -hmm. whole team of seniors in college get to, you know, produce a, a short film, which is like your senior big project, right? That's what you work to. And so I got to sit in on that. Um, and I became really good friends with the producer, really good friends with the director and good friends with like all the actors. And they sort of like embedded myself in that process. And it was like, okay, this is what I'm going to be doing senior year. And by being set photographer, I was everywhere, right? I wasn't just working in one department. I was seeing, you know, all these like errors and like why the producer wasn't communicating with the director, right? And I was like, I don't know if I want this to be my end all goal. I, so, I, so I went home and I, I thought about it quite a bit. I was like, you know, is this what I want to be doing? And do I want to be making Hollywood films and short films in any capacity? And I know the likelihood to just, I'm a very analytical person in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. but I know the likelihood to be directing something or like creating something from the get-go is like basically zero in Hollywood right you're gonna go to Hollywood you're gonna be somebody's bitch for five years and then you're gonna maybe be an assistant to you know an assistant bitch for another like three years and then maybe you can like start to like direct your own things right and because I was like a product of YouTube because I was a, a product of this whole just go out you got a camera go make it right world I just realized like you know what I'm just gonna go out and make it and one thing led to, to the next, but I ended up getting an internship at an advertising agency, which was what really opened up you know, my door to commercial work. And I was like, okay, this is something A, I'm good at, and B, it pays the bills much, much better than Hollywood filmmaking does at a small, small level. You know, once you get into the big leagues, that's something, that's a whole different, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. But initially, yeah, I was, I was after the money too, a lot of the times. <laughs> <laughs> well, get the bag. <laughs> this is actually a great like segue because I wanted to talk about, you know, your time in Chicago, because once I feel like once you got to Chicago, you were just like booming in your career already. But okay, so you went to Columbia Art School in Chicago, mm -hmm. you're majoring in I think you did change your major at one point. Yeah. In, in yeah, I was originally in uh, filmmaking and cinematography or cinematography and sciences or something like that. And then I switched into so once I started working at this agency, I, I was uh, an intern there for, I think, like three months. And then I went freelance for another eight months there. Mm -hmm. so I was like, freelancing like 80 hours a week while doing school okay. full time for, yeah, like eight, eight weeks or so um, or eight months. Sorry. And then I got a full time job as a associate content creator there. Yeah. Um, and I worked in that position for another year and a half. Like you were saying, going to that big agency opened up so many doors for you and immediately got you really heavy in the commercial and advertising 
world. You were also, I know like right, either right before you got that internship or during your time there, you kind of started picking up some freelance work. I know that working at that big agency really accelerated your career and you had a great mentor there who you kind of carried along with you afterwards, which we'll get into, but I want to dive a little bit more into how that agency did specifically accelerate your career and some of the opportunities that they allowed for you to have right off the bat and like why someone may want to follow that similar path that you took. Sure. So, I mean, you know, you kind of put into it what you, what you get, you know, so that, that was sort of like one of the ways that I approached this whole situation. When I got an internship, I was like, okay, I can put a lot of my time and resources and, and ideas and like energy into this. And by doing so, by working, you know, an enormous amount of time, like 60 to 80 hours a week, um, which I don't recommend. I've sort of yeah. come out of this phase of my life where I was practically a workaholic. Um, it's all I cared about. I severed close relationships, friends, family, like mm-hmm. stuff like that, because I was so just single mind focused on on work. But that's what I did. So that's my past. That's what happened, right? Is I worked an extremely um, long time and very like concentrated at this agency, at this internship. And I would say the way in which they afforded me ideas was that I was just always there and ready, right? So I had, I was never like the best at stuff. That's what I would say over and over again is like, I don't, I'm not the best at this, but I, I think I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, just give me a little bit extra time or like just just get me in the in the door there and I'll, you know, spend all night trying to figure out how to do it. And you do that for a year or so, you realize that, okay, I've learned all these different things and I picked up all these different skills and tools that I can, you know, build on. So it's not just like, you know, I learn one thing and then I throw it in a filing cabinet. It's, it's there on my desk, that skill set, that tool, that creative project that I did is on my desk to reference and use and bounce off of. But yeah, like, like I was very fortunate, I guess, <laughs> at the same time, like I got, I got really like, you know, it's a combination of, I don't want to say the word luck because I don't necessarily believe hundred percent in luck, but it was, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of hours and being in the right place at the right time. I would say working 80 hours a week is not luck. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. 80 hours a week to an internship, to a company on top of doing schoolwork, that's at its core is hard work. That's not luck. <laughs> yeah. And it was not healthy in any way. Like I don't, I honestly don't recommend other people to take that approach, you know, like work smarter than I did because I definitely was just staying up and taking energy pills and like just going crazy for this, for this thing. Cause I cared about it. Right. But yeah, definitely work smarter than, <laughs> than me. There's ways to do it that aren't that path. So. so would you, so you went to an art school pursuing film and then kind of like art direction, either way, you were still at this art school while you were also jumping headfirst into the industry at your internship. Would you say that, and if you were to redo it, would you have maybe not gone to school right away and tried to jump into the industry or would you have ever been more full fledged in your schoolwork and less spending 80 hours of your free time doing yeah. this stuff. I mean, I feel like there's no right answer because I mean, it's worked out great for you and it may have worked out great for you had you done one or the other, but I guess now that you have done what you've done, would you have thought about it differently? You know, I think I did the right thing for the, the right time in my life. I, I think you have to work hard at certain things, but I also, I also think, you know, rest and like, that time to recover from a creative project is really important. The biggest mistakes I see in early creatives or new creatives to the field is they're willing to give 
150% all the time. And oftentimes what happens when you, when you do that over and over and over and over again, you just burn out. And that's what you see around the world right now is this, you know, creative burnout because for, for a number of reasons, you know, like people are overworking themselves, especially now that, you know, content is becoming devalued and so many people are making videos, quote unquote, and, you know, taking photos and stuff, which is awesome. But, you know, it brings sort of the price of everything down a little bit and it starts to devalue sort of what creative commercial people do. Um, but that, that all aside, that's like a tangent, but (laughs) this actually brings up a good point because I remember, I mean, you've said this countless times, even to me, like everyone is a content creator these days. I mean, the iPhone itself is so good at taking videos and pictures. So how have you been able to differentiate your skills and yourself as a content creator when there are people out there who have zero background compared to you, but are claiming to also be, you know, this high-end content creator. One of the things that a lot of my clients say to me is, wow, your brand work and your understanding of the identity of a brand really shows up in this work. And that's like why people keep coming back to me is because I have that knowledge of like a large agency advertising marketing background where I've sat in on meetings and I've creative directed and pitched and done all these things that are really about brand identity, brand tone of voice, uh, Mm -hmm. brand strategy, right? I've done all those things as well. But then I also know how to make the shit. You know, I can start from beginning to end. And oftentimes my ideas, my process, all that sort of stuff is the process of a whole agency. Like Um, you can do the pre-production, the production and the post-production. Like maybe that would suck to do all of it, but you have the knowledge and the skill set to do all of it. I prefer to do it that way. So that's, that's like one of the other things that differentiates me, I think, in a lot of ways is I like my hand on a project from start to finish. Like, give me everything I can do, you know, like any, everything that's possible. Like, I'm a very hands-on creative, um, which is not the case a lot of times, you know, when you tell you to hire any other creator, right? They're often outsourcing things. Mm-hmm. I, I outsource things, but only when I, I like physically can. Like, there's been times where I'm like, I can't hold these two things up at once. <laughs> I probably should get a PA, you know, those, that's those sort of moments. But, but no, I mean, yeah, I think that's sort of the, the way I at least approach it is just give it to me. Like there's like definitely points where I've let go, like where I've been like, okay, this is a team collaborative project. And a lot of the stuff on my website is from a larger agency project, which was collaborative, right. And involved anywhere from like 10 other people styling, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I do it when it's necessary, but a lot of times the projects I'm working on now especially from a freelance capacity, can just be done by myself. So the fun part, I want to talk about some of the clients that you've worked with because, okay, backstory, when Liam started getting these really huge clients, I would get so excited that I would start bragging like it was me, but I would be like, I have this friend who's worked with Kanye West. In my head, I was like, I'm just as proud. I feel like it's me, even though I... I literally had zero to do with that entire project. But okay, so you have worked with big clients. Like I said, Kanye West's Easy Line, Hulu, White Claw, Louis Vuitton, Volkswagen. There's a lot more. I mean, we could go into every single one of these and talk about like what was fun about this, what was hard about this project. But overall, I am curious, like what has been your biggest challenge working in this industry with such huge clients really well known really developed because a lot of them have pretty strict brand guidelines sometimes what challenges have you had 
every project brings its own unique set of like limitations and guidelines and hoops to jump through, right? And that's the thing that sort of sucks a lot of times about advertising is people, you know, the bigger something is, the more scared they are to put something out or to take a chance, you know, take a risk. And so I think, you know, I've, I've worked with everything from big artists like, you know, Kanye or Chance, people like that who are definitely a lot more loose and relaxed than somebody like, you know, a Nike or a Foot Locker where there's, you know, every single thing that you're doing is planned ahead of time and pre-approved. But, you know, then again, you know, I think of, I think back to the Easy Project and working, you know, in and around Kanye and his team. And there were, there was just as many sort of, you know, scrap all of this, uh, we want a new thing as there are with, with brands. So I think, you know, navigating that is like a part of the commercial work space. And it's kind of a pleasure to like be able to like be thinking about all those things and your idea is still working. Like that's sort of the challenge in all of this, right? Is like, how can we make this person really, really happy who works on the account side of things and who really isn't looking at the video that you're making at all, but really just cares about how that logo looks at the end, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> Like, how can I make that person really happy? And then how can I make the, the creative director happy? And then, you know, there's the CEO who has a whole nother idea of what this should look like. So it's just juggling and balancing, especially when you're working as a creative under another creative, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners, especially if they're newer creatives, are doing. Appeasing that creative who is above yourself within your organization. And then also, you know, appeasing all the different client um, yeah. is, is is definitely a challenge. Have you ever been in a campaign meeting really stoked on the idea you came up with and then it just totally got like, for lack of a better term, like thrown in the garbage? Yeah, I don't like one of the things that was a big frustration for me when I first started this, I was like so excited and all my energy was in this. I was like, yeah. this is my stuff. You know, I love this. This is my baby, this idea, you know, and you show it to someone and you're, you put your, the, the, the error there is you put yourself in that idea right? Your, your whole being is in that idea. You don't have a toe outside. So what happens a lot of times then is you connect yourself to your work and you're just going to, you're going to lose the majority of the times in the, I'm going to say in the commercial space, right? If you're putting this out for yourself to make yourself happy and do that sort of stuff, it's a whole different ballpark, but in the commercial space, you're going to lose and you got to be okay with that. You got to learn to, to just trash an idea or do what I do and put it into my Google slides deck that's over 3000 pages right now of burned ideas that I can go, okay, I have this client here that is looking for this scroll, 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 and take, you know, two or three ideas out of that old garbage deck. Um, so nothing ever really dies. It's just, it'll be made eventually, but um, yeah. <laughs> don't lose hope just because somebody hates your idea. All your first ideas are going to be shit. What if someday you get to the end of the 3000 pages and you're like, wow i made everything it doesn't happen though because because it just keeps going that's the thing is when yeah. i pitch it like say i pitch a small freelance project that's like under 10k right mm -hmm. um, and i'm just doing social for them i'll i'll pitch them maybe like six to ten ideas they'll only like two of those ideas and then i have those eight ideas that i have and i'm like okay I don't, whatever maybe these will come up later and i'll put them in the, mm -hmm. the deck you know so it just depends it never really the idea thing never really ends yeah um so also you were at this big ad agency and then you and a mentor coworker, boss i don't really know what he was to you at all times in the agency you guys kind of 
left. I mean, I mean, not even kind of like you did leave and started with others, kind of your own venture in the creation of a new agency that was really authentic to you guys, really different. And no one had really ever seen it before. And your first clients were still huge. Like people followed you guys from the original agency to your new one. What experiences have you had at the new agency that have helped shape and accelerate your career even further? It's a great question. You know, before starting this new agency a year and 11 months ago, basically I was working as a, a content creator and an art director. So I was working within large teams. Often like I would be given the responsibility of taking a project and going and making it. And that was sort of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of my time at that agency, I was you know, sort of stepping up a little bit my game. And I, I was working with closer with clients as we were trying to integrate the people who were making things into the teams of, uh, you know, creatives that were talking and pitching the clients. So from, you know, that agency moving into the new one, I was then doing everything. So mm-hmm. I was playing the role of the creative director, the art director, the copywriter, the you know, production company that went and made the thing. I was getting on the phone with clients every day, pitching them new ideas, managing projects, playing even a little bit of account roles, a little bit of producing roles. So I, I basically was was doing a lot of different things all at once. A year, basically a year and 11 months of my life, so two years of my life, uh, has accelerated my career to the point where I'm able to do a lot of these different things at a, at a okay level. <laughs> not like, I'm not the best, uh, you know, content creator, I'm not the best designer, I'm not the best, whatever, I can do all these sort of things at a good level. I'm better at others, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I can't write copy to save my life. I can write like, headlines, I can come up with like, really good words, like, oh, that's that. But any sort of like, form a sentence, I'm like, shit, you know. (laughs) Um, But basically, yeah, that that's sort of how I'd say this new agency has accelerated my career faster than if I was to work at that old agency for five to 10 years. Well, I know that you have had a lot of awesome experiences there. You've been able to travel a lot, which is awesome. Uh, I'm always- Not so much lately, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, true. Not so much lately, but I I have been in the past very envious of some of your guys' travel experiences. I remember when you um, were in Hawaii at one point and you were like, Uh, we have to come back here. This is the warmer version of Iceland. For our listeners, obviously, you don't know this. Liam and I went to Iceland years ago now and just literally had- we had a plan, but it was like a loose plan. Like we're going to end up in this town at the end of the day, but like in between there, we're not really sure where we're going to (laughs) go, which was cool, but we are about out of time. So I have one final question that I love to ask everyone. I think it's super genuine. Everyone has really um, unique answers. What has been your proudest moment in your career to this day? If you could reflect on, you know, where you started to where you are. (laughs) Yeah, I would just say, Overall, I'm most proud of my ability to wear a bunch of different hats and just kind of be entrepreneurial and you know, go out of my way to, to find clients and do work to the highest like level and ability that I can. My favorite project, though, I think that I ever worked on, that's, that's tough. I know. You've done some pretty awesome stuff. Each one of them brings like such a whole new, whole new thing. Okay, I know that one of my favorite projects of yours, I'm totally butting in on your answer. You can think about it while I'm telling what my favorite is. I thought that it was one, just insane, and two, I mean, really creative, 
when you were working on the Yeezy campaign, and maybe this is me just being a Kanye fan, so like I'm more biased in this situation, but I mean, he and you guys put together this campaign that literally like the Chicago Tribune front page was his stuff. I mean, I don't know if that's yeah. exactly accurate or like the process that it went through because I just saw photos of it. I obviously didn't yeah. pick up the Chicago Tribune, but I mean, the newspaper was literally like this yeah. campaign. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say that that was a that's a good one to call out. I mean, it was just epic. Like that's yeah. the easy campaign from start to finish was three months of my life in and out of like meetings and redesigning things and finding inspiration. It was very artistic exploring just like all these different avenues but yeah taking over pretty much every major newspaper's front page in the US with your advertisement on it you know the one that you worked on the one that you ideated and, and helped create was was really special that doesn't have to be your favorite but it can be <laughs> let's go with it i like okay it. <laughs> sure. uh, well this has been so great and thank you for jumping on to share a bit about your story and like your successes and I look forward to what you do in the future, as always. Same. I'm excited. It's good to touch base again. So. Yeah. All right, guys, that wraps it up for today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed me and Liam's combo. I know we went off on a couple of backstory tangents, but sometimes those are the most fun to listen to. So this was awesome. Thank you for joining me, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.